0: Hey, everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTeas.com is where you go, and that's Tees with T-E-E-S, clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get T-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the borrower with the purchase. So head over to teas.com. Thank you.
1: What's up, and welcome back to Bar Down Blackhawk Talk, episode number 32, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I already forgot that we changed the name of the show. And I'm right <laughs> here with Joey Parisi, and he loses every bet that he makes that doesn't involve the Boston Bruins. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he is wearing a Clemson hat.
2: Guys, mm-hmm. what's up? What a mess! I'll go ahead and say it, boy. That was an absolute debacle of an. (laughs) I had
1: something for both of you. I had something for both of you, and calling it "Bar Down Blackhawk" talk completely threw me off.
2: Frank, I've never seen right before the show.
3: I see the sweat dripping down. Oh, he's
2: rattled. He is rattled already. We're we're two minutes in, and this guy is shaking. (laughs) What's up? And welcome back to Bar Down Black. Oh Oh my god! God. I just give it up.
1: Give it up. Wow for those who don't know we're changing the name it's bar on talking hockey now and it's a big change it's not anything to do with the blackhawks or anything i mean it, that's slightly to do with it they but us. it's, they a, it's us. an nhl it's an nhl podcast it's been that way for a long time we're still blackhawks focused because a lot of our following is from chicago we brought frankie on for that reason and because he's awesome at hockey but guys how we doing joe you first
2: yeah me first frank uh, i'm good <laughs> We got a, a shout out to Frankie, his name, and shout out to our wonderful producer, director, the man who runs the that's show Aldo. uh adding Frank Mueller to that graphic. it was and there's a little differences. It's very nice intro we got for this show. So that's what I was gonna say, and it slipped my
1: mind because I messed up my part. I was yeah. gonna say, what's up, and welcome back to Bar Down Blackhawk Talking Hockey, episode number thirty-two, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi. And I forget what I was gonna say. What did I even oh say for God. myself? And then I was, was gonna, gonna say, and I was gonna say, and this is Joey Parisi, and he loses every bet that he makes that doesn't involve the Bruins. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and his name is finally in the intro. That's what I was gonna say. I messed it up. It's all you know. Make fun of me. Go ahead, Frank. What you leave. Make fun of me. Oh, you messed it up more than once. <laughs> I lost. I lost. <laughs> I legit. I legit think I messed it up like four times. I was getting nervous
2: for you I'm Like, is this guy all right? Let's see the back of that jersey. Scott says it's slick.
1: I'm not going to completely stand up and turn around, but it's it's Patrick Waugh, number 33, the old all time great, second greatest goalie in the history of the sport. We know who the first is. Um, Boys. Yeah, no. (laughs) Um, Before we get into sports, I wanted to talk to you about something really important. I've been thinking long and hard, and I love a good mall. And I've been thinking big, about malls and stuff it's been on my mind Uh, i've been wanting to go to to build a bear i've been debating abercrombie versus hollister in my brain i can't get it out of my head joe i'll start with you what do you got on malls
2: honestly as as i get older i hate malls (laughs) as i get older it's just it's a hassle to go to the, there's only you're Satan you're just the Satan only man, time man. I like going or you' a mall. devil's fan because you just love Satan. the only time I like going to the mall is maybe Black Friday a little holiday shopping you that's got the only that, time yeah that it sucks. no that's the only time it's fun. it's joyful. everyone's like there's just a lot of people. I like a lot of people, but like on your typical like random time to go to the mall, like it's just annoying. I like going with it when there's Santa's there. I like I'm big fucking. You see the, the fake snow, the Christmas trees. It's all decorated. It, when you see Christmas decorations, it puts you in a good mood. So when I see fucking Santa Claus sitting there taking pictures with kids, puts me in a good mood. But that's the only time. Did you time know? Like
1: to... Did you know that the Santa Claus malls get paid more if their beard is real?
3: I did not know that.
1: Well,
2: I would imagine. Isn't that pretty like, not pretty like, sweet? Yeah, it's like a job. Like you know, you're gonna pay the people who do their job the best more money so like i would i would rather pay a santa with a real now beard. All the
3: kids are gonna go tongue on it like...
2: yeah are you getting paid
3: more frank See, what do you that... got at
2: malls you Stalks seem like you a seem good like to
3: enjoy a mall
1: every now and then you like the hat stores and all that
3: yeah if i want to go to a mall though i usually find myself going to the malls around holidays if i want to like pick something up i'd rather just like run to target or walmart or something because the malls don't do it for me as much as they used it's to, more like more of an inconvenience cool when you're in like high school, like oh, we're going to the mall. Like, oh, yeah, the well, like that's the big thing. Like, I think that's malls. kind of
1: where you're supposed to think. Like, you're supposed to take yourself back to the old days on the malls.
3: Yeah, but like nowadays, like the mall just doesn't do it. I, I very rarely go to the malls too. Usually, just so, around the,
2: like the mall when you were younger. When I yes, when I was younger. But that's what I'm saying. Like as that's I've kind gotten, of what older, I'm getting. I
1: don't go to the mall regularly now. But malls used to rule. Remember when we used to go like Zoomies and Hot Topic and Spencers, which not a lot of people realize. It's a fun fact I learned over the weekend. Spencer, Spencers, popular chain of stores across malls across the country that sell funny shit. They own every Spirit Halloween. They're in charge of Spirit Halloween. Pretty interesting, right? That's pretty cool. Yeah.
3: Remember F.Y.E.? Well, but I you would go to thinking. those, you would go to those stores for like shirts and stuff, right? Yeah. And, like Amber to Abercrombie for like clothes, but now I just rather go to like Target or Ross or Marshall. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I'm no, a Coles, up I'm a guy, you got good sh- uh, I'm
2: I'm a big fan of the Frankie bringing up the, the department stores because I'd rather go like yeah. shopping at a Ross any I don't day want to spend over $100 them. Hundred
3: dollars on a t-shirt when I could just go get it for like ten bucks.
2: Yeah. Um. So- I- makes a good point the outdoor malls are actually pretty sick it was a sweet one in boston it's like i don't even know where it was but i walked around it it was like a cobblestone mall and there was just stores it's actually where i got my Patriots hat that i've worn uh and it was a really cool setup well all this tells me is that you guys never had an awesome experience at the mall
1: i used to go every friday with our good friend matt And we would go, we would hit every store. We would go, FYE, actually, not a lot of people realize this. FYE used to be a place where you would go to listen to music, not just buy music. Like they don't have this anymore because Spotify and Apple and music and all that. You used to go to FYE, put on the headphones and listen to your music there. And it would be a place to go chill, listen to music. And then if you liked something, then you would go find that CD and you, it would tell you where you could go find it in the store and then you'd buy it. That's how we found Joe for, I know you know this album very well, the Escape the Fate, very first album. Dying is your latest fashion. We're listening to all these like pop rock punk bands, and that's the one we like the most. We scrounged up our pennies and split the album, me and Matt. Like those are the kinds of experiences I remember from going to the mall. So big mall guy. You guys are just haters,
2: especially you, Joe. Um some there's some cool things about the mall that are unique to the mall. I'll give it that. Like if I want a, a nice fresh pretzel, I'm going to Annie's. Uh, oh, Annie seems Ann's like you so can't good. get a, a good cinnamon roll unless I make it, or you go to Cinnabon in the mall. Um, I think it's called and, Cinnabon. I like
3: right? their hat stores too. Because you can't uh, really go to a hat store that's not in the mall.
2: Yeah, lids. Yeah, yeah exactly. Lids. Here's lids what I'll is say.
3: Awesome. Here's what I'll say.
2: I like out of town malls mall of america oh i'm with you on
1: that too because if you go to an out-of-town mall and say frank name a random city you like besides chicago uh
3: los angeles
1: okay you go to a mall in los angeles you're finding your dodgers gear you're finding your kings gear your ducks gear that you can't just go to Stratford or woodfield and find. so i agree with joey in that aspect no doubt about it
2: uh and Favorite, uh, if we're bringing up malls, you're obviously, you're doing a lot of shopping. You're walking around. It's You're probably sweating because you're next to it and a bunch of gross people. You're going to want a bite to eat. You go grab a slice from Sabaro. That's what you do. Uh, I like I don't think S- I've ever. Sbarro, it's like shitty good pizza. I've never seen a Sabaro not in a mall. Yeah, I don't, no,
3: think, I don't so. think
1: so. I don't okay. think so. Um, it, uh, it, it is in New York, though there's a sabaro on the street like uh, you for those who watch the office it's michael scott's favorite new york pizza
3: which is they were so, they were from vegas some of the time. casinos
1: too yeah but. yeah i think in like the midwest it's definitely uh, a little bit different but shout out uh, giovanna uh, writes about the mall of america Mall of America is a fun place. Been I been love a going parks, there.
3: there.
2: That's like not oh, even a amusement park. in the mall. I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: but like the videos of what's his name, uh, Bam Margera and Tony Hawk skating around the Mall of America empty. A couple of Viva La Bam episodes in there. We, I've been there twice. I don't know how many times have you guys been there? Twice.
3: Mall of America. I've only been
1: there once. Yeah. Okay, Frank, were you with us one of the times? No. No. Okay. I, I knew I've been there twice, oh, and both yeah, times yeah. I. I thought he no, was one of them. No, he wasn't in Minnesota with us. No. Yeah. He went Which to Missouri Asia. with us. Mizzou, yeah. that's what it was. I was with G when
3: I went for the first time.
1: Okay, we got to hit up mall. I love malls. Malls will always hold a special place in my heart because I used to be one of those delinquents that went there every Friday night and you know used to just hang out, see a movie, go to Fye, eat. Shout out to the great steak, delicious steak sandwich. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and the the unnamed Chinese places are always really good too.
2: <laughs> and yeah
1: that's a good point yeah, <laughs> jo- joey's looking back and he's going you know what i'm i'm turning malls are pretty sick
2: no they're they're sick for one time to- one time a year like what Tower. do you do one- christmas what do you what do you do once a year um that's a mall what do, mean, what do i Oh, no, something something you do once a year that like you do it once and then you're done with it after you do it and you necessarily don't like doing it, but you just do it once a year. I think
1: I think it's definitely a thing. There's a place for it multiple times a year. Like you could go to the K Jewelers, get your mom or your girlfriend a nice little some sum for their birthday or something. That's a good place for that. Um, if you ever just want sabaro, like or you know, one of those food core places, Auntie Ann's, Mrs. Fields Cookies, mm.
3: and I think Um, a lot of places like put those types of stores in there, like a K jeweler's, because then they know you're gonna do more shopping, like you're going for K jewelers and then you're gonna go do more shopping. So, I think no doubt about it, and it's
1: never right at the front, it's like a grocery store, like a grocery store, grocery stores put milk all the way in the back of the store. So that you have, it's the most common thing bought at a grocery store is a gallon of milk. That's like a statistical mm-hmm. fact. And they put it all the way in the back. That way you have to walk past and see the crackers and the chips and the cokes and all that stuff. So it is definitely some strategy to mall development.
2: Pretty, uh, pretty interesting fact there at the bottom of the screen about the Dubai mall. They just got the largest mall and the largest building. Pretty cool. Wow, that's actually pretty
1: cool. Um, King Pookie wants to know about my thought about Aaron Rodgers' lie. Um, if you don't want to get the COVID vaccine, don't. I don't feel bad for you if you get the virus after. But what makes it worse is if you lie, say you got it and you didn't. That to me is a it's like, how do you trust anything that guy says going forward? Like, like I said, I don't care if you don't get it, but don't tell me you got it and then not get it. He just looks like a fool today yeah, because he- now he can't play against the Kansas City Chiefs. Where if he was vaccinated, he would just need to show two straight negative tests. But you know, people want to make it about themselves. So I mean, that's this going to happen last week?
2: This going to happen last week? My my Cardinals would probably be eight and zero. <laughs> oh, your Cardinals would one thousand percent. I was more impressed. Okay, so I was more
1: impressed with the Arizona Cardinals in a loss than i think i was with green bay in the win, and that's saying something because i was still very impressed with green bay they ran the ball down arizona's throat i think those are the two best teams in the nfc i used to think it was the rams right now it's probably the packers and the cardinals for me and that was an outstanding game yeah uh frank you want to talk about hockey sure let's send it over to period number one That intro was a disaster, but I don't feel bad. Uh, I'll get the intro right. Frank Frank, your fault. You threw it off. You made it hey, you made it where I, least,
3: I had you had an least we have to an extra transition this week for period one. What do you mean? That's it's all good. Joey. That's, That's all Joey. Good. No, that's, no that's last progressed. week we skipped the intro for period yeah, one. Yeah, was, that was on you, Vin. You just started that's, talking. That's, that's why I said at least he got the intro down for period one.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. Excuse me for not showing the graphic when I had to talk about Bradley Aldridge and all the shit that's been going on with dude, that. Dude does, his, heart that. <laughs> yeah. his heart Let's was raised. Yeah. a heart was raised. about that <laughs> asshole again. Let's talk about that fuck face again because more shit has come out on it. Um, obviously, we know about... Bradley, I you to go watch last week's episode where I give a pretty full detail on everything that went down and the results of the report. But there has been some aftermath that came from the report, and of course, the player was revealed. It's no longer John Doe. It's Kyle. Well, it was Kyle Beach. He was the first round pick of the Chicago Blackhawks in the 2008 NHL draft, and he went on TV and he he spilled his guts, and he went out there and revealed who he was, which took a tremendous amount of courage and he he made some people sound really bad and everything he said is spot on um i really it sounds to me like him and the blackhawks are working things out for a settlement um the two sides are far apart from that but they are working together on it and i hope this leads to a happy ending for kyle beach because obviously that'll never go away but if he can find peace in any way i think this is a good start i'm sorry to him as a hockey fan in person that it took 11 years for this to get done. But he, he's going to be looked at as a hero for a long time because there are going to be kids in the future, young and old kids that benefit from what Kyle beach did. I see him as a pillar in the community of hockey for the rest of his life. And I hope they're able to figure it out where he can be a model for everything that is good about the sport going forward because there is a lot of good in the sport. There's good people. I've seen a lot of players with quotes that just resonate with me. Um Taylor Hall of the Boston Bruins, Joe you might have heard was, you know, very sympathetic and made fun of the boys club mentality that the National Hockey League has. And it's all because of Kyle Beach. And it's sad that there were some other victims because the Blackhawks failed to take care of their business but hopefully this serves as a way to fix it going forward. What do you think? uh, We'll start with Frank of Kyle beach doing this and the courage that it took.
3: It takes a lot of courage for sure. I mean, for something that's so drastic to happen in your life, to go on national TV when everybody didn't know who you are, now you're not going to be anonymous anymore. Um, It just takes a lot of courage and I'm happy he came out and said something, you know, um, and what he did was great. Joseph? Yeah, I
2: um I agree and I agree with Santiago here that, that beach is now a role model for many people. Um and I, and you know, you kind of get the feeling that it, it, it was definitely it took a lot of, you know, bravery and courage, but he it, it was kind of right for him to come out because it shows people like hey, Like this is something, and as Taylor Hall said, there is that boys league mentality or whatever you said, or whatever Taylor Hall said, that, you know, we kind of need to put an end to this. So Kyle Beach revealing himself as John Doe in this case, it not only like gives other people who might be going through the same thing, that inspiration to want to come out and, you know, really step up and, and, you know, put an end to this. It kind of serves as a, a, a stepping stone toward that direction of getting rid of that. And then another thing to to follow what Taylor Hall said uh the whole Bruins team and I'm sure many other teams did this the Brandon Carlos said in an interview that the whole Bruins team felt it was their responsibility as a team as a club. They all sat down and watched the entire interview together as a group it's a tough watch too exactly so imagine watching that with thirty of your teammates like you know your brothers that you you call your family, and they all admitted that it, it affected them big time so something like this happening is it should bring positive change to the league and to the way people handle these situations differently. Because one thing that, you know, struck with me from the whole interview. And if you haven't watched the entire interview, it was 27 minutes. They did it on TSM last Wednesday. Um, if you haven't watched it, one thing that struck with me is that he pretty much flat out said that a lot of other players, coaches and the whole organization, thought that winning a trophy was more important than this human's (laughs) life. And that, to me, right there is like that needs to change. That mentality needs to change. It never needs to happen again.
1: Yeah. And, you know, one of the new things that came out after our last show, we kind of saw it coming, is that Florida Panthers head coach, Joel Quinville, out, no longer the coach. He said last spring that he knew nothing about it, and it was news to him. And the report came out and stated that there's no way Joel Quinville didn't know it. In fact, he had direct quotes of talking about how it takes a long, a lot of work to get to this point in the playoffs. And we'll deal with this later. And that was the shitty wrong thing to do. He lied. He kind of being looked at in a negative light and for good reason now. And he's probably never going to coach in the NHL again. If he wants to, he has to have a meeting with commissioner with the commissioner, whether it's Bettman or whoever. And, it's just not a good look for Coach Q because he lied. He claimed he didn't know. He clearly knew. He
2: didn't do the right thing back in the day. And now he's jobless. Joe? And and, and I'm just going to go ahead and say, I. not only did he not do the right thing back in the day, he didn't do the right thing even in present day. It took him this long. It took him to have that one-on-one meeting with Commissioner Gary Bettman. And even after all of this, like he he thought it was a good idea to go behind the bench and coach that Wednesday night that I I, I'm kind of disappointed in him as a coach, as a person and the national hockey league for allowing that
3: Frank thoughts on coach. I'm not surprised that he was let go or resigned or whatever. Um, The fact that he lied is kind of a turnoff because for a lot of players throughout the league, they look up to him being such a great coach, hall of fame coach, you know, and there's just no reason to lie for something like that. Cause you say, we'll worry about it later, but what if you never get to it later? And they didn't, they, they never got to it later on. So stuff of that caliber has to be taken action on immediately. And I think that it was the right thing that he's gone now. And I think the Panthers could move forward and,
2: They've been fine without him so far, so they um yeah, it's definitely I agree, Frank, it's not one of those things you can just wait till later, like this is someone's life they' like and when he said in that interview, I keep bringing it up, but the, and he's right, there's no trophy or Stanley cup run or playoff run or anything that is more important than the situation that we had here, and it's just disgusting that that it was a we'll deal with it later kind of mentality.
3: Yeah, I just don't know how that goes through someone's head. Like, what makes you think we'll deal with it later? Like, it, it to me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it's also, like, how many kids in Michigan
1: when Aldridge was a coach for their youth hockey team were impacted by Coach Q not doing anything? I think that needs to be taken into consideration.
3: In yes, so. Go ahead, Jeff.
2: No, I was just going to say, and it's not just Coach Q. like. It was. I'll, I'll go ahead and say I believe it was everyone who knew about it and didn't do something about it.
3: I mean, yeah, you know, like Kyle Beach was nervous, obviously, with everything that happened. And being a young kid, 20-year-old kid, in his head, he's going to th- say, okay, I'm nervous, but the one guy I could go to I think is going to have my back. And he didn't. He didn't do anything about it. So I think that's why, like, you just kind of lose a little bit of respect for Coach Cubit.
1: Okay, and so Kevin Chevaldeoff, who was the assistant GM of the Blackhawks at the time, was not relieved of his duties as the GM of the Winnipeg Jets because they claimed he wasn't in a prominent role with the Chicago Blackhawks back in 2010. But, excuse me, assistant GM? He was in that meeting after the win against the San Jose Sharks. Like, I don't get how he just gets a relief from this and, you know, the Jets aren't going to lose their GM, who's a very good GM. The Winnipeg Jets are an awesome team. And I, I just – I'm stunned that he's not fired. Frank, are you? I'm
3: shocked he's not fired. Um, according to what I heard, Gary Bettman said the reason that he's not going or not going to be let go is because he was only in that one meeting. But in my eyes, I don't care if you're in one meeting or 20 meetings. If you know any inkling about it, then you say something. Right? Like, yeah, I you know, agree. I mean, like, yeah. So he admitted that he was in that one meeting. So he knew a little bit about it. He was, he knew some of the story. However, he did say, and this is a quote that he said in one of his interviews about it. He goes, had I known there was any sexual assault involved, I would like to think I would have risen to a different level. He thought that the allegations were along the line of harassments and thought they were going to be dealt with. But in this situation, you can't assume. And even if you thought it's harassment, harassment's not okay either. Whether it's sexual assault, harassment, you can't assume it's gonna be dealt with. So the fact that he said that, he should have been let go because he knew about it. It's just it boggles my mind that he's still the GM.
1: I couldn't agree, Joe. Couldn't yeah, agree no,
2: more. No, I agree. I agree with everything both of you guys are saying, especially like if you knew you knew it doesn't matter your role, it doesn't matter, you know, your position. If you knew you knew. And you didn't do anything about it, which makes you just as much part of the problem as anyone else.
1: Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane sound straight up ignorant with their comments after the whole thing came out. Tapes basically went to the podium and talked about how awesome Stan Bowman was. Patrick Kane basically did the same thing. No um, comments whatsoever about Kyle Beach from Taves, really i think kane did a little bit but then they both kind of later on after having time to think about it and maybe someone tell him hey dude you better fix this um kind of apologized for not being more sympathetic towards the issue after the fact but i mean they just sounded straight up ignorant i don't know if you guys heard the quotes joe
2: yeah it was um ignorance is actually a great word <laughs> i was trying to think of a word while you were talking and you, you mentioned the word ignorant twice and it was it, it wasn't it's not the time to talk highly of the the members who just got fired like they're fired they're gone whether you like them as human beings or not they did some pretty shitty things in terms of running an organization that deserves better uh and it's just it was it's not a good look not a good look at all
3: frank yeah you that's not the time and place to bring stuff up like that um with everything going on i mean i i get they're saying like yeah if this didn't happen, they've done a lot for him for Kane and Taves throughout the career. But you just don't bring that up when all this is going on. I mean, you got to at least be a little more sympathetic. And you're, you guys are the leaders of the team. So you guys have to pave the way for the future. And, I mean, it's just it wasn't a good look.
1: I kind of think all the people in the Blackhawks' old front office, including Joel Quinville, are shitbag human beings. I'm just going to forward. And I think Joel Quinville is the greatest hockey coach who ever lived in terms of hockey, um, just pure hockey coaching. But he's a shitbag human being, and I'm—he's he's disgraced in my book. And Taves and Kane, they're not. I don't think they're bad people. I think they were just unaware of how ignorant and stupid they sounded. And sometimes that happens. I sound ignorant and stupid sometimes too. Everyone does. But in this case, I, I, there was really no place for that. And they sounded very – out of touch
3: with reality with some of the comments that they made. So I think they were just so blindsided, right? There's a lot of pressure with this, especially coming to them. Because the media is going to come to them and be like, hey, what's going on? What are your thoughts? So there's a lot of pressure on them in their situation. They care about yeah, sure. and I just think at that place in time, like it was just flooded. Like everybody was coming at them at once and like, hey, what do you think? What do you think? So I mean, I mean it's still no excuse, but that's my thought on it. Jonathan Taves, Patrick
1: Kane, and Kyle Beach are three straight first-round picks by the Blackhawks. Don't tell me those guys didn't hang out and, you know, care about each other and all that. Like, I do believe that. But, you know, two of them became stars. One of them became a sexual assault victim. So, it, it sucks the way it all came out. Um, it came. also it was known that Duncan Keith did not participate in the Jenner and Block partic- uh evaluation of the case and he stated after as a member of the edmonton oilers that he deeply regrets not being involved with the case and refusing to be a part of the findings and all that um kind of a scumbag move i would say and in duncan keith he's not a bad dude or anything like that but i don't like another thing i don't think he understood the severity of the the whole situation just came off as ignorant
2: another former blackhawk who was you know a part of that run uh, and I was actually curious, you know, you, you see, some, you watch some of these Hawks games. It's not a filled stadium. You were telling me that their sellout streak ended. Is that is that correct? Yeah,
1: it, en- it ended a couple weeks ago.
2: Yeah, um, you know, all that just leading up to these events, and it's not necessarily a great time to be a Blackhawks fan. And they have a lot of fun stuff planned for this year, and in- including some legacy nights for players one of those being Marion Hosa Legacy Night. And they had a a whole statement a couple days ago that they postponed Marion Hosa's life for next Tuesday, November 9th. But um, it says here in the article that everyone agreed that this is an important time for the organization to reflect rather than celebrate. Marion and the club's leadership team all know we must build back our community's trust as we ensure accountability within our organization following Kyle Beach's courage and come forward. So,
1: Yeah, so Marion Hossa is a good dude. Um, of course, he's going to understand and be okay with something like that. But there is something that feels hypocritical to me. And I want both of your opinion on this. And I tweeted about it a couple of days ago, you might have saw. They postponed Marion Hosa's legacy night, right? Because it's time to reflect. And But let's all just go banana lands during the Star Spangled Banner and freak out. It just it feels weird to me every single time they play that anthem right now and they they do the tradition that they do with the things that are going on right now. It just it's yeah like
2: it, ew. Do you agree? The, see, like, like how the, do you do? Basically,
1: what I'm saying is how do you do that and then cancel Marion hosa tonight?
2: Because like I feel like the 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 canceling thing that's on the organization and and it's the organization now stepping up to the plate saying, hey, look, we know we fucked up. We know that a lot of people are unhappy with us right now. We need to take it. We got to. We're going to actually, you know, own up to this and not celebrate Marion Hosa. We're going to postpone that. We're not going to do that. This is pretty much a no fun time right now. Like, we're sorry. We need to build up this newfound leadership that and establish ourselves as a classy organization that everyone once thought we were. Um, the fans cheering for the anthem. That's that's just the fans that's always going to be a thing. People go to the the Hawks games and they hear, they see Jim come out. He starts singing the Anthem and Hawks fans just clap. I don't, it's just, that's just a Hawks fan thing. That's not necessarily an organization thing. It's not like the organization puts on the jumbotron, like, all right, stand up and go crazy. So it's a little different, Yeah,
1: but like get someone else to do the national Anthem until you feel it's right. Again, like, no, or am I just crazy? I I, still, I
3: I, I still think think they would cheer no matter who's singing. Yeah, like it's just out of spite. Yeah, well, no, just because just, it's that's like that's a tr- hockey tradition. I mm-hmm. feel like. And, yeah, I agree, Frank. And well, let me know, ask
1: you this: Have you ever been to an event that Jim Cornelison sings the Star Spangled Banner? That's not the United Center. No, I
3: don't think so. Yeah, I I have. I
1: go to a, Joe, I know,
2: Joe, what happened? Yeah, everyone starts to cheer.
1: <laughs> it's Jim Cornelison. I'm telling you. I, I think if think Frank, I think if Frank Mueller sang the Star Spangled Banner, I at think the they'd, be uh, uh, <laughs>
4: they'd, be they'd be hype. They'd be hype, they?
1: yeah. but they would not cheer during the anthem. If your ass got up there and sang a monotone version of it, yeah, jo- Joey knows exactly what I- we saw. Jim Cornelison sing the Star Spangled Banner in a freaking theater, a movie theater. That
2: yeah, was Hawks fans, though. It's different,
1: of course. They're okay, Soldier Field. <laughs>
2: That's that's a good example. <laughs> it has to be a non-hawks event, like what if he sings it for a Bears game, a White Sox game, a Cubs game. He or does, uh and they cheer. And you, he does you, weddings. You, he does you, weddings yeah. too.
1: Yeah. and people cheer. I'm telling you. <laughs> Jim Jim Cornelison brings the cheers. Maybe there would be some people I, who I like think
3: it's it's like the sports too. Like you said, he's at the if he does it at a bears game, Cubs game. But I in my opinion, if he was like singing the national anthem for the Kentucky Derby, they're not cheering. I think it's the situation. Like, I would almost guarantee he would they not. Cheer,
1: they cheer at the Indy 500.
3: I know, I but they do nice. that. But, like, the Kentucky Derby is, like, really formal. Like, I would I would be shocked if they cheer. Honestly. For,
1: for I, Jim Cornelison? I would love to tell yeah, him. I would him. be shocked. They cheer shocked. him at the Indy 500, and that has nothing to do with Chicago fans.
3: Yeah, but, like, Indy 500, that's like, yeah, it's like a different sport. It's not as strong as some I, of the others were. If you, start, I, you sing the national anthem at like a tennis event, they're not cheering. Joe, you know I tennis fans. are not going to say, I no, I don't they think would they will. Would. I,
2: I want to say that I've actually heard something kind of reiterating Santiago here that I think that uh, this started at the old Chicago stadium. Oh, it did. It
1: did. It did. Uh, but Wayne, I, Wayne Mesmer, is that is Santiago correct me? Wayne Wayne Mesmer, I want to say, sung the anthem before Jim Cornelison. And I don't know if that's the right name or if I have it like butchered up a little bit. But for some reason, that name sticks out in my head as the old anthem singer before Jim Cornelius and at the old stadium where the Blackhawks and Bulls And they cheered, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt it's a Blackhawks tradition. But I think now... With social media and everything, I think Jim Cornelison brings a little some cheers with his national anthem singing too, and that little dumb so, smirk that Joey has on his face leads me to believe that he, in the slightest degree, agrees with me.
3: So you don't think there'd be any cheering if he wasn't singing?
1: No, I think there'd be some. I, I think, think there you can't
3: control how the fans I react. Think, no, you can I control think, the events, and that's yeah, why. And, they and, and
1: Joey, it. Joey makes a good point. Joey makes a good point. The Hawks are trying to be like somber, and you know, if you look at their tweets, they don't use uh, they don't use like periods. Like, there's just no exc- exclamation. What a pull by my brain, Joe. You got to give me a little credit for that. I, Frankie will give me credit. I know. I want to hear it from Joey pulling Wayne Mesmer singing yeah. the anthem at the old Chicago Stadium before I was even born.
2: Yeah, I don't even know how the fuck you would know that, but um. <laughs> Because I'm just... I'm so smart. Here's what... This is the way it would go. If they were to bring in a new anthem singer, people were still going to cheer. It's a United Center tradition. Now, it's a Blackhawks anthem tradition. But Jim was so good at it that that tradition also expanded to him. Now, wherever he goes, they're going to cheer if they know... If especially they're from Chicago.
1: Yeah. Yeah, They don't look like they're cheering in that one, but... Um... (laughs)
2: So, I'm wondering if that means he's. Hey, guys, hey guys, hey
0: guys can, I, can I jump in here real quick?
2: Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I love when you do this. Okay.
0: <laughs> it, this was the very first time they cheered during the national anthem, which Wayne Mesmer sang. It was the All Star game, and America was at war. And so the cheering started because of the support of the troops in the Middle East and so forth and this was basically for lack of a better way of putting it ground zero the very first game it started and it began the tra- tradition and um, the uh, the singer of course as as vinny uh, rightly remembered is wayne mesmer
1: although do you agree that the the chant would probably stick even if they got a new anthem singer at some point
0: totally totally yep. Yeah, Agreed. it's a Blackhawks tradition now. You know what? And no. one funny thing is that uh, there was a, uh, I forgot the name of the writer, but somebody who covered the Detroit Red Wings who wrote this scathing article about how it was awful that the Blackhawks fans were desecrating the national anthem by cheering during it. And my response to that guy, fuck you.
1: <laughs> Mike Dravit. That, that, Aldo might be, that might be the greatest. That might be. Yeah, everyone, give a round of applause for Aldo Gandia, the greatest director in the history of the Barroom Network. The you know, obviously, the inventor. Um, I love going to the United Center and singing the anthem. I, it does. You guys make some good points. It does feel weird right now. I'm not saying don't do it ever, but it it like the day that all this happened, they played the Maple Leafs, and the place just went ballistic for. The anthem—it just felt weird, and you know I'm not—I'm I'm not against cheering. I love cheering the anthem. I love going to the. I've cried, Joe. You've seen me ball my eyes yeah, out it, it, during it the anthem up. at the I've United Center. Yeah, choked up. but it, it just yeah. felt weird, like against the Leafs, and it feels a little weird right now. And I don't know. You guys are right though, Gary Bettman. What? Go ahead. Because
3: Go ahead. they're also like. When Jim Cornelius sings the national anthem, he's not singing about the Blackhawks. Like, as Aldo said, they started the cheering because the U.S. was at war. So they're like cheering yeah. for America. Like, that's just a sense of pride. Everybody stands. It's like a yeah. respect thing almost, right? But for hockey, you cheer. It just, I don't
2: know. Yeah. kind also makes 25 American teams look bad for not cheering. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wouldn't it be. It's more don't, than that, don't, isn't
2: don't it? Don't debate my, my, my math. Okay. Yeah, 32, no, there's seven Canadian teams. 32 minus five. Yeah. You're minus five. Not, seven. A, math guy. not a math guy. No. I okay. guess it would be the other 24 teams because not including the Black Eye.
1: Ah, Gary Bettman, he's under some scrutiny too for all of this. And he came out and gave a speech the other day that wasn't very good. And there are people angry that Gary Bettman didn't punish the blackhawks further they got a two million dollar fine which as joey astutely pointed out last show was less than the devils got was less than the devils had to pay for signing Ilya kovalchuk to a seven-year deal or you know the coyotes for working out draft eligible prospects like a day too early or something um it's a tough day to be gary bettman i don't think he's gonna lose his job but there are reports out there that multiple owners are very upset with him, Frank.
3: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Gary Ventman. I think he's an idiot. Um, I mean, this isn't the first time that people this isn't the first time that people disagreed with his actions. I mean, he's just a goofball. I mean, he just doesn't know how to run a league. Um, I'm surprised. I don't think he'll lose his job personally. Um, no matter who's upset with him, I don't think he's I mean he didn't really do anything to lose his job. I mean, yeah, you don't like what he did, but just because you don't like what he did that means he deserves to be fired. Um I don't I don't know. I just I don't like him. Look at him, he's a dork. He's I, I don't even <laughs> okay, know. Okay,
2: well, we're gonna gotta attack him personally.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get canceled because of Frankie making fun of his hair. Um uh, man, uh, the thing really quick guy. though, the thing I wanted to say, I always found commissioners of sports to be really funny because the owners hire them. To have absolute power like Gary Bettman works for the 32 NHL owners, right? It it would be like if 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 Aldo hired us three to work at the Barroom Network, he had abs, or no, I think we I have it backwards. It would be like if we had a show and we hired him to be our leader and we hired him to have the ability to fire us. Do you get what I'm like? Gary Bettman has the ability to get rid of any single owner anytime he wants, even though he was hired by them. Like the commissioners are always like an interesting thing to me and he has absolute power and he could basically do what he wants. And there are people that are upset with the way he's handled it. So we're going to see what comes of this of the last coming of the upcoming years. There's also been three lockouts under Gary Bettman, but the number one positive of Gary Bettman is he's grown the NHL more than any commissioner there, but Winter classics, stadium series expansion to seven or eight different cities during his tenure. Um, Cities that you would consider non-traditional hockey markets, Vegas, Florida, Tampa Bay, um, Dallas, all these different places, Arizona, these places that you wouldn't expect to have hockey. So Gary Bettman does deserve credit for growing the league. The NHL is as big now as it ever was. Could it be better, Um, though? Could
2: he have grown it better? Possibly. I Absolutely I, think
0: so.
2: I think so. So um,
1: so, Joe, go ahead on Gary.
2: Well, I I was just I have the comments that that you said it was a tweet from Alan Walsh, where who is Mark and of, Andre
1: Fleury's agent for those who don't know.
2: Yeah, he kind of brought and it to amongst the other NHL players. Point. This tweet went viral. It was actually a three-part tweet because you can only fit so many characters in in Twitter. Um, do you want me to read the whole thing? Yeah, go just for it. So he said he starts his tweet off. I'm hearing this morning that several NHL owners are very concerned and unhappy with Gary Bettman's leadership. I think even the owners realize it's time for a change in the NHL and culture only changes from top down. It's time to fire Bettman from the way Gary has mismanaged the horrific events in Chicago to his refusing to acknowledge a link between traumatic brain injury and CTE for doing nothing to help retired players for calling the NHL a family. For the Department of Player Suspensions, for the way the game is marketed, for the lack of any coherent global strategy, for turning his back on issues like painkiller, Ambien, and Toradol abuse, for his lack of empathy and caring, for his three lockouts and all the lies, it's time for Gary to go. End tweet. Those are some strong words. Uh, I don't know if you
1: know those... Uh, painkiller reference he probably had jimmy hayes in mind when writing that portion of his tweet Mm -hmm. correct
2: and and how many players have we seen who are retired who go on about the whole cte thing we've seen it from like daniel carcillo i think brent Sopel has a a hand in that uh so many retired players and and he just does nothing about it and those are all very serious things
3: it's nothing personal about him like i just think he makes bad decisions
2: yeah and he's a dork so but I,
3: it, but I don't mean that like pers- like in a personal uh, way. I, 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 can't, just, I can't wait to clip that. This. I don't agree with I can't this. wait to that. clip that and, and then the only it every time decisions either.
1: Every time I'm just going to clip him of saying look at him he's a dork and every time Joey says something stupid I want that played. Look at him he's a dork. <laughs> we don't nobody has to know who you're talking about. I just want to play it when Joey says something absolutely <laughs> dumb. For the love of salmon sandwiches. Yeah. Oh, for the love of salmon sandwiches. Guys, I'm sick and tired of hearing about this. Well, I'm not sick and tired of hearing about the story. I want to make the story as loud as possible. I want everyone to know that Bradley Aldridge is a fucking clown. If I could bury him under the jail, I would. There's no place for any of that nonsense in the NHL. But we are going to, unfortunately, move on and talk about some hockey. What do you guys think? Yeah. So, Joe, why don't we send it over? To period number two, the Blackhawks finally won a hockey game, boys! Hey, they finally won a game. It took. The Ottawa long. Senators.
2: It took the Ottawa Senators. No,
1: the Ottawa Senators are good. It's a good win. I was pro- I, The Hawks played well. I don't care what you say. The Ottawa Senators are a feisty little hey, team. Joe, they
2: are. They're okay. They're okay. Well, they're, okay. Okay. they're
3: okay. they're okay.
1: They're better than the Hawks. And the Hawks went in there and beat them. And they Impressed beat them me?
2: Well. You want to impress me? Win tonight.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Against the, We'll get to that. But they finally won a game, and Patrick Kane is back. And in that game, your boy Kaner had three goals for the hat trick and one assist, Jonathan Taves, three assists, Brandon Hagel, two goals. They call him the Bagel. Love that nickname because I'm a big bagel guy. I love a good plain bagel with cream cheese from Dunkin' Donuts. Um, Great nickname, great players. They finally win. Frank, you're the Hawks guy on this panel. I'll start with you.
3: Oh, my God. It's such a relief. I mean, just getting that first win, put a smile on my face. Still to this day, I'm like, I'm just so happy they finally got a win. Kane comes back from C-19, and he looks <laughs> like he did miss a beat. Am I right? C-19. Like, he, he didn't C-19. Skate. While he was on the COVID protocol, he wasn't out there in the practice, but it, he didn't miss a beat. I'm trying to start to think he was skating behind their backs. And then on top of it, T- uh, Tate chips in three assists. And that's good to see him get going. You know, I mean, he's had a slow start. I, Joe, you got him on fantasy. I know you're happy he started to get going.
2: I actually, a fun fact, I actually dropped him on Monday. So I got the three assists. <laughs> <laughs> he's, now he's gone.
3: Joe, he's trying to pick him back up.
2: No, he's. A, I don't want him back. But also,
3: it's
2: a story for another day. But I got the three assists on fantasy.
3: Also, um, a huge part of that Blackhawks win was Brandon Hagel. And I, I love this kid so much. He's he's, he's not good. your guy who's going to score 30, 40 goals, whatever. But that's not why the Hawks got him. If you've noticed the goals that he scored, he creates chances by getting to the front of the net and creates those scoring opportunities. Two of his past three goals are right there in front of the net. He had the one from Taves. Uh, I forgot who they were playing against. And then he had another one right in front of the net. He, he always tries to get to the front of the net. And he's not afraid to get the puck on that. And he had that, like, one fluky goal where he, like, Turned around and just shot it, and it went in. So I, I just love what he's doing. There, yeah, there's yeah. nothing bad can happen when you get to the net and put the puck on the net.
2: It was, um, it was actually against the Hurricanes. Who I was just kidding. I'll be, I'll be impressed if they win tonight. I actually think they could win tonight. It's at home. They got to have some confidence. I think it, it, it's so it happens all the time where a team that's really, really good loses to a team that's not as good as them, and you have the undefeated eight zero Carolina Hurricanes coming into Chicago after they get a win. I think the Hawks can win tonight, and it was against the Carolina Hurricanes in Carolina where Hagel opened up the scoring. It was just the goal you were talking about. I actually thought that, you know, that game was a, a crapshoot early on. It was it went Hawks, then Carolina tied it, then the Hawks scored again to take the lead, and then it was downhill from there. Carolina just ran away with it. Um, but, yeah, uh, they're going to need scoring from a guy like Hagel and it, and they're going to need Kane to be Patrick Kane, maybe not a hat trick every night, but it's good to see him scoring uh, Jonathan Taves on the board, and a great game from Mark Andre Fleury too. They're going to need that, so uh, just something to build off of. You needed it to happen eventually, and the only direction that they were able to head is up. So you just got to keep going up.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, it was good to see them get the win. I do think Patrick Kane is going to be amongst the league leaders in points this season. You know, maybe not top five. Like he's not touching McDavid, he's not touching saddle, but. You know, I I do think he will lead the Hawks in scoring. He will have them have a couple wins. They will win games because of Patrick Kane, like they did this last game. Um, Another – oh, really quick. You brought up uh, fantasy for a second with Taves. And I'm watching the game, right? And I'm like, okay, Patrick Kane has a hat trick. I bet I'm playing against Patrick Kane. Sure as shit. I look at the freaking league. I have the worst fantasy luck in the last couple years. I don't care what anyone says. I'm not making excuses. I haven't been that good. But in every sport, I just – I have – like I'll drop 160 points in fantasy football and I'll lose by three to somebody who had like Derrick Henry or something crazy. Uh, it's just – Frank, you remember the first week when I played you and I lost by two. Like I have just had the – and of course, I look at the freaking league and I'm playing against Patrick Kane who had three goals and one assist. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I can't catch a break in this shit. It's just – it was unbelievable. I had a win lined up last week. And then the goalie I'm playing against had a freaking shutout. And I had a 930 save percentage and lost the category. Like, it's just – it's been the worst stretch I've ever had to deal with. That's my rant on that. Thank you for bringing up fantasy, Joe. Joe, Mr. Fantasy. You
2: can talk fantasy all you want. I had my three assists from Mr. Guy.
1: Another big kid contributor that nobody even brought up when talking about the Hawks' big win. Was the reigning Vesna Trophy winner marc Andre Fleury? I
2: just, said, I, I just said Fleury had a great game.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, he did. I, I heard you. I was just kidding. He had a great game. Um, they need that, and they need Lincoln to be better too. Like Fleury, it's hard to play goalie on a team that gives up a thousand chances. I'm well aware of that. It's not. It's not going to be easy. Like if Tuukka Rask in his prime was on this Blackhawks team, he'd have a save percentage under 900 probably but Mark Andre Flurry needed to be a little bit better than he was early. He looked like the Vesna Trophy winner in the last two games they played. They only won one of them. They lost to the St. Louis Blues one nothing. Um Frank, I know you're a big Flurry guy. This is a Flurry podcast. We had a whole period dedicated to Flurry earlier in the summer. So we love the flower. Um what are your thoughts on his play so far cuz it's been a roller coaster.
3: Yeah, it started down and then slowly it's just gone up a little bit. The past two games, he's played really well. It's a shame he's only had his one win in the past two games. I thought they could have won both. Uh, who was the game they played before Ottawa? Was that Toronto?
2: No, it was um, a the one blues. nothing the, oh, blues the Blues game the blues. where.
3: Go I ahead. Yeah, I mean, they just didn't get any support from the Hawks. He played. Yeah, great. they can't put that There's one no on Flurry. Support.
1: No, not at all. I said he played like the reigning Vesna Trophy winner the last two games against the Blues and Senators.
3: So if this is the Flurry, is Flurry back? If he could just get some support from the Hawks and he could just keep that goals against down, then I don't think there'll be any problem from here.
1: Now that I think about it, I think the goalie that effed me in the last fantasy week was Binnington against the Hawks. It oh. just it never fails. Oh, never, it never fails. I hate that mother. Mm. Seth Jones getting better too. We kind of roasted him in the first couple shows of the season. He had an assist in the win over the Ottawa Senators, and he's been one of the Hawks leading scorers. I don't know if Patrick Kane technically passed him up with the four point game. I'm going to guess he didn't.
4: And Jones did. also
1: got a point and. If yeah. Jones is collecting offense and he plays pretty good defense, I'm not saying he's going to be worth 9.5 for eight because he's not, that contract hasn't even kicked in yet. He, I, I do think it's going to end up being an albatross contract, but for at least a couple of years, Seth Jones is going to be their number one defenseman, a good player, a solid player. Nobody's ripping on Seth Jones in terms of his play. I think it's more the contract that people are going to rip on for the next nine years or so. It'll have nothing to do with him as a player. It's just like how many defensemen are actually worth 9.5.
2: Um, they talked about it on the Spit and Chicklets podcast. You know we're big fans of that show. They said uh, they were naming all the 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 most recent nine point five defensemen. I think uh, or nine point five or so. It was uh, they were talking Charlie McAvoy, Zach Wierenski, um, Kale McCarr, and Adam Fox were the four guys they brought up.
1: Yeah, and Adam Fox became. I don't even have this written down for the third period, so I'll just say it now. Adam Fox signed a nine point 5- five for eight deal with the new york mm-hmm. rangers he's the highest paid defenseman ever out of an entry-level deal
2: yeah that's i mean he's i so, think he's worth every penny so you know kudos to them for getting him locked up as early as they did uh and I, I, when i was listening to that the reason i bring it up now is because uh they didn't even mention seth jones that, that wasn't mentioned at all and he's on that 9.5 ticket as well so you're hoping one day at from a hawks fan standpoint that He becomes worth it, and he becomes in that conversation that people are talking about.
1: I agree, and they they need him. You need that number one guy. Stan Bowman was the GM of USA before his departure because of the Bradley Aldridge stuff, and he picked Seth Jones to make Team USA, and that's not the best defenseman on the team. Picking him was clearly because he's on the Hawks. Patrick Kane I don't think was a pander at all because Patrick Kane is probably a guy you pick with Austin Matthews. Oh, yeah. But the fact that he picked Seth Jones over someone like Fox or McAvoy, who are probably the two best U.S. defensemen It would right definitely now, be
2: Fox or McAvoy because Cale McCarr is Canadian, correct? Yeah.
1: Well, I also think uh, John Carlson is in the mix. I know he hasn't had the best start of the season, but John Carlson has been really good as well in his NHL career. But, I mean, Seth Jones got to keep this up. He was nominated to be one of the Hawks players for October. I know that wasn't that hard to do because they went oh seven and one in October. But, I mean – Kudos to him for playing the way he has. Hopefully he can keep trending up. He's kind
3: of an a-hole to play against, and I think that's what they need from him, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. um, He's definitely got to step it up, which we saw last game. Um, That contract scares me a little bit. It's a lot of money. But I think he's capable of being Seth Jones. I mean, before the Hawks got him, the idea on him was like, he's a great defenseman. He's one of the best defensemen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's just got to play like Seth Jones. I mean, maybe he's playing in his head. I mean, it's still early. But, I mean, with a new team, it's always tough with the new team. You don't know how the system's going to go. And you see good players go to bad teams, and then that player's bad. But that doesn't mean they're bad. That just means the system they're in is not working for them. So I I think uh, it's still early, and I think Seth Jones will pick it up. And like you said, for the next few years, he'll be their number one defenseman. And I don't think they really – the Hawks don't have too much to worry about him, I don't believe.
2: I No, I agree. And uh, another way to look at it from a Hawks fan point of view is like this year, he's a $5.4 million player. Mm -hmm. And then as long as next year he he gets $4.1 million better, then you're good.
3: And a a year with the Hawks and your second year, your second year with the Hawks could be different. Once you get a full year under your belt, you could be Mm -hmm. a different human.
2: New system. Maybe the system might change in the upcoming couple weeks or so again, but well. I don't think Seth
1: Jones is built for man coverage on defense. So I definitely think if the Hawks switched to his own defense, it would allow him to break out more passes, be in a better spot positionally, defensively. So, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. We'll see what happens. But um, do you think they will continue to trend up on the ice? If so, how? If not, why? Joe, I'll start with you actually on this one.
2: I do think they're going to trend up. I think there's a lot of pressure taken off them now. The, as a lot of guys say, the monkey's off their back. I love that saying. Um, they, I mean, they have a tough opponent coming up here in Carolina, obviously, but you know, I, I think all signs point that, you know, a big upset is in the works. It's at home. It, these teams aren't going to go undefeated. Carolina ain't going 82 and Oh, it's going to happen. And a lot of times we see it all the time. It happens to a team that you're not expecting it. Um, and then they, you look at their schedule. they got Winnipeg, who's who's been really good. But then Nashville, Pittsburgh's been struggling a little bit. Arizona's, you know, right at the bottom with, with the Hawks. So I, I think, you know, you, I joke that you can only go up. But, I mean, you could just stay down at the bottom. But I do believe it is going to continue to trend upward.
3: Frank? Like Joey said, when you – before they got your first win, their first win, and you got that pressure on you. And every mm-hmm. time you lose, there's a little more pressure, then a little more pressure. And then eventually the pressure builds up until it bursts when you get that first win. So that's what happened. And I have two keys that the Hawks are going to – the Hawks will have to do to keep going forward. I think they're going to trend up. There's two big things they're going to have to do in order to, to make that happen. The first thing is they have to find a way to play ahead. They can't be playing from behind every game. They have to find a way to get that first goal. You get that first goal, like I said, now your pressure it's a little it's a little less than it should be. Um, so find a way to get the first goal of the game. Play around that. I mean, we saw throughout their win sh- or their losing streak that a lot of the time they got down early. Like I'm talking within the first minute of the game. I mean, if you start every game up 1-0 the other team, there's a good chance that you're going to build off that and win the game. So it's not easy to play from behind. The second key is they need to keep the opponent's shot totals down. And we've seen that a lot in the past two games. And one of the reasons why the Hawks won against Ottawa, they held Marc-Andre Fleury had 29 saves on 30 shots, who let up one goal. That's very good. You can't be giving up 40 shots a game. The less shots on net, the better it'll be for Marc-Andre Fleury. And then the Hawks just got to play around that. And if they do that and take the first uh, key that I said of playing ahead, then it's just a recipe for success.
2: Yeah, the the game last week, a week ago today against Toronto, it was the first time they led, right? First time mm-hmm. they led at any point yeah. in the season. So that was their first time playing with a lead, and they got they got the first two goals they were up to, yeah. and now they have to work on not only getting the lead, but holding that lead, because they also got the lead early in Car- against Carolina. In Carolina, they blew that, then they got another lead, they blew that, and then they never scored against st louis but yeah i agree they got to get the lead and then they got to hold the lead which is something new that they're not used to
1: (laughs) for the first time this season they're going to have four games in between our shows um starting tonight with the carolina hurricanes um following that is a friday night road game against the Winnipeg wets and then on sunday they're going to play the nashville predators and on tuesday the pittsburgh penguins i will be there Against the Pittsburgh
3: Penguins, so what? make sure you come find me. Dude
2: just um, springs games on us. He doesn't tell us, <laughs> Frank. Which game are we going to? I don't know.
3: I, we're we're never involved in going to games.
2: Let's go. So I let's invite go Frank, Frank, Frank,
1: Frank, 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 if I invite you to a game and you tell me no, I'm going to be Joe. Who's talking?
2: I don't not. know. Let's you Frank. Let's it. go. Let's fly to Winnipeg. Oh, you got your passport?
3: <laughs> I do. I actually do. so
1: that's like in the top fifteen, I would say,
2: no, of
3: places I want
1: to visit.
2: If
3: if I didn't come.
2: have hockey on Sunday, I'd be. Yeah, okay, go your Vegas If I didn't have, have hockey on Winnipeg. Sunday, I'd be. If yanking you guys go legs. to
1: Winnipeg and tell me I can't come. I'm going to Vegas, and let's let's see who has more hey, fun. Joe, let's go, Let's go see go who has more fun. If you want to go to Pittsburgh, let's. Go. Let's see. Okay, go to go to <laughs> Pittsburgh. I'll go to Vegas. We'll see who has more fun. I'm just telling you. Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: what I thought. I you could go to Vegas without me. I don't give a fuck. i I, I want to go to a Hawks game with Frankie now because you're just going to all these shit. You went to the Bulls game. You went and saw Red. He went and saw I've the first seeing, Red loss. I've first Red seeing, loss.
0: I've been
1: seeing so much. Then he's the jinx while they got oh, their first. Guys, guys, before we get into the third period, I am a freaking jinx. The White Sox had the best home record in the American League this year. I went to 30 plus games and had a negative record. I go to the first Bulls game of the season for myself. It's their only loss to this point. I am – they call it the curse of the Bambine Joe for Joe Mandel in the White Sox this season. He went 0-8 in the regular season, and the only game he attended that they won was the blackout game. I think it's the great – or the curse of the Bambine Vin. I mean, what the hell? So you maybe you don't want me there. The Pittsburgh Penguins are probably going to win. Frank, um, but, but what do you think is going to happen with that schedule?
2: The uh wait real quick, the Hawks are gonna be on a four game win streak going into that Pittsburgh game. They're gonna be at ten points. They're gonna be like, you know, just trying to push for a playoff spot. And uh Vinny's gonna go to that game against the Penguins and Sydney Crosby Crosby's gonna be off the COVID list. It'll be Crosby's first game back off the COVID Uh, list. Crosby's getting a hat trick for sure. Hell yeah.
3: Sidney gotta ban Vinny from going. Sid better play.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, we don't I don't know if you have this written down for the third period but Sidney Crosby did enter the covid list today. He has played one game this year. This dude can't catch a break.
1: Do you know the one game he played?
2: The Devils, they won though, right?
1: Yeah, they won. Yeah. That was actually their best game of the season. Um
2: they looked terrible yesterday. Oh my god. Oh, it was bad. Save it, it for period bad. 3. Yeah,
1: no, it was it was really good in the first period and then they took a penalty. Yeah, after and, the Braves.
2: I watched it after the Braves.
1: Yeah, no, when, when they took a penalty in the first period. We'll get into that in the third. You're right. Um, I got, I'll got, i go two and two on this. They're going to win one of the games they should lose because every single one of these teams they're about to play is better than them. But I think they could beat Nashville at home, and I think they can win either in against Carolina or Pittsburgh because, like you said, Carolina is going to lose eventually. And the team they lose to is going to be a worse hockey team than them. So, you know, it's going to ha- – like, do you agree with that? Whoever Carolina drops their first game in the season, two probably isn't going to be as good of a hockey team as them. Unless it's like – unless it's like the Panthers, maybe.
2: I think Carolina is the best team in the league right now. I have
1: I a second. We'll get into that in the third, too. But I so, got so two I, and two. Yeah, I agree with you. I got two and two. I got two one and one. Okay.
2: Ooh, Frankie's throwing a little OT loss in there. Frankie's Frank <laughs> like,
1: they're they're not going. Patrick Kane's going to miss a breakaway in three on three, and then Mark Frank- Shifley and Blake Wheeler are going to take the two on one down yeah. the ice no, and beat flurry.
2: <laughs> funny you say that because I was just going to say Frankie sees Pierre Luc Dubois winning it
3: in overtime <laughs> over and winner. <Liverpool. laughs>
1: He's got Flurry's number from his time in
3: Columbus. (laughs) They Um, need the points. I'm just if they're gonna lose, at least get the point in overtime.
2: PLD is on fire in Winnipeg. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that they're gonna lose that game. I don't know if it's in overtime, but that's gonna be the only game they lose. They're going to go three and one or three zero and one. They're gonna beat the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. Nashville and Pittsburgh don't scare me. I like it. I like the games at home. Get all the fans going crazy for Jimbo. Um, (laughs) Are you on crack? three no the like you said they got you can, their first win after a month and you're going you to only, say they're
1: gonna go on a three let let them score a goal first
2: you can only go up you can only go up you can only go
1: up from where they were uh on our next show we're going to preview the arizona coyotes game and that should be biblical
2: i'll say three and one They'll, they're going to lose outright to winnipeg you know
1: what i just noticed on our next show we're only going to have one game to preview that Arizona that,
2: game. That's the yeah. game, Frank, you're going to keep, keep next Friday the 12th open, Frank.
1: I'm going, yeah. too. I don't care what you say.
2: Oh. <laughs> no, we're not going. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> I don't even think – do the bees play? You guys
1: you guys are hilarious. You think you're funny. Um, Let's talk about the rest of the league, eh? Yeah, you guys-
2: This is my time.
1: Okay, what is, what is this? A Subway plan. commercial? Is this a Subway commercial? Just cutting me off without saying anything for the well, love of salmon sandwiches.
2: I thought that was my cue. You said let's talk about the league, eh? And then you paused, and then I, I know right when I clicked it. You, yeah, you but I always
1: that. say let's go to period number three, and then you boom, open that boom, boom, flap. Boom, boom, you boom, open that flappier. The love I'm of talking. salmon sandwiches. I don't know what to tell you.
0: Oh, for the love of salmon
2: sandwiches.
1: You should just have your hand on the trigger finger the entire. Like I don't ever want to see your hand not on that mouse.
2: I'll be honest. First of all, I don't use a mouse. I actually have a mouse right here, but I don't have a. Uh, I don't have a big enough space to put the mouse. Joey's <laughs> got four.
3: his big computer on a pizza box right now. Yeah, yeah. he's real. a
1: he's a real poor. A a
3: and I actually
2: haven't clicked for the love of salmon sandwiches once today.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: So you don't know what's going we, on. We got a guy.
1: We this, is, this is this is
2: all back for the love of salmon stuff. sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, don't say um when I say um. Okay, it's my place I, to say um. That's our key to just not say um as much. I. I have...
4: Get your
2: <laughs> we
1: have this listed as the second thing, but I want to lead off with it. And before we get into Toronto Maple Leaf talk, I want to share with Joey specifically, but Frankie too as well. But I know Joey loves hating on his Toronto Maple Leafs. I want to share with you a clip from our good friend Ryan Whitney on the Toronto Maple Leafs.
4: I think they're a good team. I think they're an above-average oh. team. You want to know what they have in common with like the Buffalo Sabres, though? They both have the exact same chance at winning the Stanley Cup. You're I'm a not fucking kidding. idiot. No, 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 no. You're a fucking idiot. There is zero chance this team could win a Stanley Cup. Zero. They have fucking three forwards that make 34 million bucks. Matthews is the only one that's worth it, what he's making, in my mind. But the way this team is built, they have zero chance at winning the Stanley Cup. I think when they get going, and you talked about those numbers, it's for certain that their shooting percentage is going to go up. It's really low right now. It'll go back to a a level where it's kind of normal when they'll start getting more than two goals a game. But they ain't winning the cup, dude. This team has cup aspirations. There's no (laughs) chance the Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. I could not agree more. They are...
2: They are just not built for a cup run. You look at their top five players. Their top five. He said top three. I'll go ahead and say top five. Top five highest paid players. Morgan Riley, or not. Yeah, Morgan Riley, now that he just signed his ticket. um, Mitch Mardner, William Nylander, Austin Matthews, and John Tavares. Okay. That's like $57 million. You look at like the Tampa Bay Lightning, Kucherov, Stamkos, Point. Headman and Vasilevsky, a goalie, $54 million. That's, that's a cup court, not to mention the depth that they have. You look at the depth beyond those five guys for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you got jacked shit. So I agree with him completely. Um, it's honestly, it's fun to watch, especially because those top three guys Besides Nylander, Martiner's kind of getting it going now. Matthew's got another goal yesterday, I know, or the other day or whatever. They're so, kind of starting to get going, but they have started this season so bad. <laughs> it's hilarious. The music to my eyeballs. Yeah,
1: um, I knew you would enjoy that clip, Frank. I'll let you talk in a minute, but I want to get to Joey's ignorant ass really quick. I want to address something here. The Tampa Bay Lightning did win the Stanley Cup twice, and those guys earned the money that they made. But you know what? To be honest with you, I couldn't. Dis- or I couldn't agree with anything Ryan Whitney said more. It's not a recipe for success. John Tavares is making 11 million and he's only getting older. Uh, Austin Matthews is worth every penny. Anyone who argues that with me will hear it from me, and I will debate them till the cows come home. William Nylander is a good player. Mitch Marner will have 65 assists. He'll he'll be good enough to be amongst the league's scoring leaders. There's no doubt that these are all elite players, right? I do believe they could win the Stanley Cup if they all got hot in April. There, there is going to be a stretch of time this season where Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, they get the Leafs going on like a stretch where they win eight out of ten games. I do believe that could happen in the postseason if they get hot at the right time, kind of like the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves were the worst team that made the playoffs in the regular season. They had the, the worst record of any team that made the MLB postseason. They had 88 wins. Um, they dominated a bad division and then got hot in the postseason. That could happen to the Leafs. There's no doubt about it. Uh, any That could happen to any team. Look at the Kings in 2012, the Hawks in 2010, just any team that is hot towards the end of the regular season. Nah, not even 2010 Hawks, really. I would say more the 2015 Hawks were an example of that. Just get hot at the end. That could happen to the Leafs. I'm not dismissing that. So, But in terms of being just one of those teams that is built to win the Stanley Cup, they're not. And they have a bunch of really good players. Um, I, there will be a point this season where Marner gets 20 points in 10 games. Something like, like that kind of stuff will happen. Matthews, they, they played their best game of the season last night. I watched the entire game. Um, I, I just – I don't think it's going to go beyond being one of the better regular season teams. I honestly think there might be a point now where Kyle Dubas is just trying to win a playoff series to end that and you know then maybe make a push for the cup eventually but it's just hard to see with all those forwards making all that money without the production that the guys in Tampa Bay are having and like you said they have the goalie accounted for and the Leafs have a good goalie Um, Campbell's not bad he was probably one of the main reasons they won yesterday Um, Austin Matthews had a goal assisted by William Nylander and Mitchell Marner which is just probably music to least fans ears but yeah, I don't know. I agree with Whitney. I agree with Joey, kinda. I I, I don't think it's a zero percent chance. I like the Buffalo Sabres. I know he was just saying it to be funny, like funny guy Wit. Like the Buffalo Sabres have a zero percent chance, right? Like the Leafs, they they don't have a zero percent chance. I would say they have like a 10% chance. So, Frank, your thoughts on the Toronto Maple Leafs, one of my favorite teams.
3: You kind of took the words out of my mouth. Uh and I, I think right now. I'm not just saying this to be funny, but they have to focus on just winning a playoff series yeah. instead of focusing on winning the cup.
1: No, you're not I'll, saying it to be funny, but it is funny.
2: I'll, it say, is, it. I'll say something to be funny. The, uh, the Tampa or no, the Toronto Maple Leafs has as many playoff series. First round wins as the Atlanta thrashers. Since That's embarrassing. 2004.
3: They have to focus on that. Just winning a series. You can't win the cup without winning a playoff series. Um, I'm not that high up on Toronto. I really haven't been the past few years. Um, I have to give them credit for last night's win, though, a 4-0 victory over Vegas. I'm surprised that they got the shutout. I mean, I'm not not that surprised that they won on how Vegas has been playing lately, but um, I just, you got to baby steps, you know? Work on winning a playoff series. I mean, their goal in their head right now shouldn't be focused on the cup. You got to focus on the regular season. When you get to the playoff, you work what you have the 6 inches in front of you and then you go beyond that you, yeah, you, you got to work on that first playoff series you take then the worry series about winning
2: series. the cup. the yeah. fact that so many people have the leafs as cup contenders when they have not proven that they can even win a playoff series yeah. with this core it's um, ridiculous it is uh, ridiculous
1: i don't think that I, I don't think that makes it ridiculous the teams they lose to in the first round like go to the cup every year they lost to Montreal. They went to the Cup. They lost to the Bruins. They went to the Cup. They lost to Washington. They won the Cup.
3: But I don't think they should have lost to Montreal, even though Montreal made it to the Cup. Yeah, No, think I don't either. The They're path. better than Montreal. They choked, but
1: Montreal did end up going to the Cup. Like, And that the Montreal one, to me, would make me feel worse as a Leafs fan if I was a Leafs fan. They had like their best road to the Cup.
2: And the Bruins lost in, in 2018 to... The Lightning, the Tampa Bay Lightning,
1: who yeah. lost to
2: yeah, but that was in the second round after the Bruins beat the Leafs. So, what was the Leafs excuse at?
1: Who, who would Tampa have lost to in the 20? Twi- oh, Washington.
2: Do you get what I'm saying though?
1: Who the Leafs lost to?
2: No, that, that was the year before.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. The
2: Bruins beat the Leafs in that year.
1: Okay, well, whoever the Leafs lose to is like a better team. It's not the only team they choked to, I would say, is Montreal.
2: So, if they're in a playoff tournament with a bunch of better teams, how does everyone always just have them as cup contenders going into the year? It's a joke. Um, I, so think, it's I, of-
1: I do think it's because of what I said. Ma- Matthews, Marner, Nylander getting hot in April could win them a series or two, and then you, you never know what happens from there. That, I do believe, is possible. Zero percent. I don't even think you agree with zero percent.
2: I don't think they have a damn chance. If you're going to give me the field, I would bet my – I would. I would bet everything I own that they don't I win the, the cup. field over a lot of teams. Well, that's what, that's what that bet is saying. They're not going to win the cup is taking the field.
1: No, you're right. Um, I know I'm
2: right. Thank you. Uh, we need to clip that. We need to just get a, <laughs> we need to get a subtle clip of Vinny saying, no, you're right. <laughs> just play that. Um, to kind of segue into that Vegas golden Knights uh, yesterday, the Leafs did shut them out. Um, I just want to go ahead and say on the record, Especially last year, I talked a lot of shit about Freddie Anderson. Um, I think he is a far and away better goalie than uh, Jack Campbell. Freddie Anderson is unreal right now over in Carolina. He he looks like nothing he looked like in Toronto, in my opinion. I, think he, I honestly think he's probably going to win the Vezina early on. He's my early pick because I just don't see him going anywhere. Um, you talk
1: out but, of both sides of your mouth like no one I've ever known. That The Hawks are going to fucking lose to them, right? The or Leafs, ma- them, right?
2: the Leafs, yeah. I mean, that's possible on a random Wednesday evening in November, yeah. Um, the Leafs made Freddie Anderson look worse. I forgot how good Freddie Anderson was back in Anaheim when he played for the Ducks. He was an awesome goalie. I forgot how good Freddie Anderson was. He's just been miserable wasting his years over in Toronto. Now he's finally on a good team like Carolina, and look at this man. This man is unreal right now. Um, but that's a little off topic. Talking about the Vegas Golden Knights, who just got shut out for nothing yesterday to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights are very, very hurt. Uh, I'm not putting much stock in this at all. The inability to score on the Leafs. Um, they're with yesterday in the lineup where they were without uh, William really Carl- quick, King. I'm
1: going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you. I did write on the sheet to lead after – or I was supposed to talk about it before Toronto, but I yeah. uh, figured I'd talk about the team who won the game first. My question was, are the Vegas Golden Knights bad or injured? Continue. Yeah,
2: yeah. I kind of just started answering the question without you reading it. My apologies. Um, they're injured. Now, obviously, the, the Vegas Golden Knights are not bad. They have a great goal. They have a great defense. Shea Theodore has been awesome, Alex Petrangelo. Um, but you look at their forward group, and the, their forward, that top line that is right now, I guess, the top line, even minus William Carlson, uh, that brought them to the Stanley Cup in 2017 isn't gonna do it anymore. Like William Carlson, even when healthy, isn't the 43 goal scorer that scorer that he had in his first year with the Vegas Golden Knights. I think we all can agree that yeah, uh, Jonathan show. But... Jonathan Show is not the 80 point guy that he you know probably was in that year. Or Riley Smith isn't a, an elite goal scorer in my opinion. They need guys like Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty who to kind of lead that team. And that's their new top line over the past few years. And Max Pacioretty's out. Mark Stone is out. William Carlson's out. Yeah, he's not going to be the top guy, but he adds depth. And they're just very hurt right now. And honestly, there's a lot of trade rumors and rumblings with the whole they're the front runner to land Jack Eichel, which wouldn't be an immediate savior. But, I mean, with all the injuries they're dealing with, uh, something's going to have to happen in terms of a move or someone's got to come back soon. I don't know the extent of all these injuries, but it's not great over in Vegas.
1: I think William Carlson's a great player. He might he not is. be the 40-goal man anymore, but he's a 25-goal man who's, like, elite defensively. So yeah. that's a big loss. He's basically a slightly worse version that plays center instead of wing of Mark Stone, mm-hmm. who's also out. So, yeah, Frank, I know, yeah. I know you're a Vegas guy. I, I think you would call him your second favorite team. Joe, really yeah. quick and then toss it to Frankie when you're done, what were
2: you going to say? Uh, Max Pacioretty being out is the biggest thing for me. Like, yeah, you're missing Mark Stone. We 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 go to debate all the time on who's more valuable to that team, and it might be Mark Stone because defensively that guy is just – he's one of the best defensive wingers who also has that offensive ability. But Max Pacioretty, I always have looked at that guy as just a pure goal scorer, and that's what he does for Vegas. I, I think he led them in goal. He was up there. He was competing in goals at least for fantasy value, like goals last year, he was up, he was going against Ovechkin. Uh, he was probably my second leading goal scorer on my fantasy team. Uh, and Vegas goal Knights are surely missing those goals from him as you saw yesterday.
3: Right. Yeah, they're definitely not bad. They're more hurt. I mean, Mark stones out, which sucks because I want to see Vegas do well Carlson. I mean, it's just, it's a shame to see them like this. Cause I thought they'd have a really good start to the season, but I wouldn't mark them as bad by any means. I mean, nothing has really changed from last year. I mean, they were a good team last year. They were a great team last year. Um, they've made the playoffs in every single one of their years that they've been in the league, which I'm pretty sure no other expansion team through their first four or five years could say that in any sport. I mean, it, it I'm pretty sure like, no other expansion team has made the playoffs right away, right? Isn't that what they were saying when Vegas first came into the league? Or am I wrong on that? Uh, I don't uh,
1: know. I don't know if they're the first expansion team to make the playoffs because um, in 1967, the second six were their own division. So one team made the Stanley Cup final that yeah, I want to say it was the Blues. But um, they're definitely the first expansion team to like make it to the Cup. Yeah, I mean, or make it to, to the final in any sport, I think.
3: So I guess you got to mark them down as injured, not
1: bad. Yes, I completely agree. I would actually go as far to say, and you guys can chime in really quick before we move on, I still think they're cup contenders if they can get healthy in time to ass- assert themselves into a playoff spot. Obviously, if you're not in a playoff spot and those guys come back, then you're in trouble. But if they can tread water while those guys are out and then they come back, I still think Vegas has a chance to at minimum be in the Western yeah, Conference
3: Finals. I agree.
2: And like, let's let's be real here. They lost to the Leafs yesterday for nothing. It happens. You know, the Leafs are are just now starting to find their game with some of their guys. Before that, they were on a three game win streak, beating Colorado, Dallas, and Anaheim. And Anaheim hasn't even looked all that bad this year. So that's those are three good wins, something to build off of. If they would have won yesterday, it would have been a four game win streak, and we wouldn't even be talking about the the Knights struggling. So, yeah. Do you have any more
1: impressions, speaking of expansion teams, on the Kraken, Frank?
3: I think what you see is what you get. I keep preaching that every week. I don't think it's really going to get better from here. I think they're just going to be that mediocre team where one day they could blow you out and the other day they're going to get blown out. So, I, there's nothing more on them, in my opinion, that we're going to get from them this year.
1: I think they're the fifth worst team in the NHL. I think the Blackhawks are worse. I think the Coyotes are worse. I think Montreal is worse, and there was one other one I'm forgetting that I can't put my my hand on. But I, yeah, the the Kraken are they're dead, Joe. You're
2: Kraken. I know. I want them to be good so bad, and it's like you you look at them and you watch a game. And it's like they're I fun. Know, I don't know if it's that expansion mentality that Vegas instilled to my in my brain. Like this new team is just going to be good. Um every game you're just hoping, okay, they're gonna their an answer here, like against this in this Rangers game. I was you know, they tied the gold, right? I believe Jordan Eberle had a sweet backhand or something like that, if I remember correctly. Um, and then it's tied and the Rangers score is like, Okay, when is Seattle gonna tie it? And they just never did. So um, and then the next night they had to face the high power, high flying Edmonton Oilers over in Edmonton. So I don't know, they, they got Buffalo yeah, I mean, we could talk about Edmonton in a second, but I mean, they play Buffalo tomorrow at home. So at, I mean, got to win that one, right? <laughs>
1: Maybe. Um, another team that's struggling. I'm wearing their Jersey, Colorado Avalanche. They're not the Colorado Avalanche that we thought they were going to be yet. I think they're similar to the Vegas Golden Knights. Like McKinnon was missing for a minute. Um, Andre Burakovsky missing for a minute. Um, so I ask you, like Vegas, are they bad, injured, both? Do you still see them as the cup contender? Because I think Vegas and Colorado went into the season viewed as the two best teams in the Western Conference. Um, do you still think they could win the Central Division? Do you still think they can compete for the postseason? Do you still think they could compete for the Stanley Cup? Joe?
2: Yeah, I'm actually not wor- – of all the teams that – like the elite teams that are struggling to start, I'm not worried about the Colorado Avalanche one bit. They're the team I'm most confident in still – you look at their schedule and uh, yeah, a lot of stuff people always say like, especially early on in the league, early on in the season, uh, you never know. Like any team can beat any team on any given night. And that's kind of how it's been going. Like St. Louis kind of has been surprising everyone out of the gate. They have a loss to them. Uh, I think St. Louis is kind of, I don't think they're really going anywhere either. I think they're going to continue to be a really great team. Uh, They have a loss to Florida in there. They lost to Washington. These are all teams, especially with the way Ovechkin's been playing. These are all teams that like, it's not really surprising that on any given night in October, you lose to them. Uh, they beat St. Louis. They've already played them twice. They had a 4 1 win against Minnesota. They lost to Vegas. So, so, just kind of skimming through their schedule here, there's not really any losses that are like super unexpected. They play uh, Columbus tonight. And, like you said, they, uh, they were out without Nathan McKinnon for a little bit. Uh, you know, they still got a lot of young guys, as good as Bowen Byram is. He's still a young rookie defenseman, you know, trying to find his way in the NHL. Um and they they in my opinion got a big downgrade in goaltending with, with Demko over uh Philip Grubauer, but I think Demco's gonna you know figure it out and he's not been terrible, but Demco, you got the wrong name. Kemper. Darcy Kemper, where's Demko at? Vancouver. Vancouver. And, he, Vancouver. and
1: he's my story that I stick. <laughs> he's, he's not but we're uh, gonna talk about him in a second. Yeah, you're right. Kemper.
2: Kemper, Demco Kemper. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Sound exactly like. Darcy Kemper,
1: Frank. Um, any thoughts on Colorado?
2: Is a downgrade in my opinion.
3: I uh, I don't think the Avalanche have anything to worry about right now. They've played eight games. They're four and four, and it's November. I mean, that's the mindset the coach has to have when talking to his players. Too, uh, you, you have so much time. You look at uh, McKinnon's got six games played, and he's got nine points in those games. Uh, Landis guy's got six games played with eight points. Ranton's got six games played with five points which to his standards could be a little better, but it's not like Colorado isn't producing. And another fun fact about it, like they five out of their seven games or their last seven, they're four and four, I thought, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, five out of their last seven games have had six or more goals in it. And four out of those seven have had seven or more goals. So they're also not playing well defensively either. They're losing high-scoring games, like, but they're also scoring. So I think like they just got to clamp it down mm-hmm. on defense. They've had no problem on offense, and there's nothing to worry about.
2: And, that, and that's what happens with a new goalie. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I
1: wonder care. how much of that has to
2: do with the netminder, but Yeah. Kemper we'll is – I don't care how Grubauer is playing in Seattle. Kemper is a downgrade from Grubauer.
1: Yes, I agree with that. Um, Joe? off about the Bruins
2: the Boston Bruins just starting to I, a lot of people you know I myself included they're just starting to kind of find their identity as one would say Uh, I thought they played absolutely piss poor in the Carolina game they just couldn't score but like I said um, who, who was I just talking about Freddie Anderson is just playing out of his mind I love to see that they're wearing these jerseys a lot too um, it's starting to look like Linus Allmark is the number one, which I'm not going to say I'm disappointed in. I mean, I don't give a shit who's in that. You can put uh, Joe Schmo in that. And as long as they're winning games, I don't care. Um, I haven't heard of that guy. Joe Schmoe, he's uh, on the he, Barroom Network. Goes by was, Joey Parisi.
1: He was playing in the UCHL last week. Got the call up.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't care who's in that. I'd like to see Jeremy Swayman. We'll see Jeremy Swayman tomorrow against Detroit. Shout out to Don Burr, uh Detroit versus everyone. Well, you got you got Boston tomorrow, buddy. um Yeah, I, I think Don.
1: I, I am pretty sure he's a friend of the program
2: with oh, some yeah. of the other shows. We we need to
1: let Don know we love the Red Wings. Like we're in yeah. Chicago. I don't think Frankie likes them very much, but me and Joey, mm-hmm. you know, we we love the Red Wings. They're in my top ten favorite teams. So. More like Detroit with everybody, Don. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and this uh, this goal right here that you're seeing, this pass from Brad Marsh right over to Charlie McAvoy, it came following a big hit that Charlie McAvoy laid earlier in the period. And honestly, it, was just, it got the building going bananas. Uh, it was great to see a, a guy, you know, Charlie McAvoy is having an outstanding year. You talk about the guys who just signed their $9.5 million contract. And Charlie McAvoy is a big part of, you know, some of their early – success, whether you want to call it success or mediocrity. I think the Bruins are just starting to find it. This is a huge win. Charlie Coyle had a laser of a goal and then he ended up winning it in the shootout. So they're just starting to get guys going. You know, they, it's if the Bruins want to be successful, they need to not be a one line team that they have been talking about Bergeron Marchant and Pasternak. And you know, if the wins that they have this year, they're getting scoring from Jake DeBrusque and Charlie Coyle, And Taylor Hall and that's what they're going to need so I'm interested to see how they build off this win they have only played uh, the one game on on Saturday and then it was the two last week against the undefeated teams they did hand Florida their first loss in that shootout and so we'll see how they do against the uh, Detroit Red Wings tomorrow and then the Toronto Maple Leafs for the first time in a long time that I'm so excited for in Toronto on Saturday so I
1: can't wait for that
2: yeah it's been it's been a fun year though I, I mean nothing to really write home about other than they're just kind of figuring out they've they've kind of gotten screwed by the schedule there's a lot of time off a lot of practice time and it could be good it could be bad a lot of time for guys to get healthy so we'll see yep and the new jersey devils they stunk last
1: night against the anaheim ducks they lost four nothing it wasn't pretty um their Dougie Hamilton left late in the first period and did not return. So hopefully everything's okay with him. They need him badly. They're already missing Jack Hughes for another four and a half weeks. Hopefully they can get him back around the start of December because I believe he makes them a actually pretty good team. The Ducks, as you mentioned earlier in the show, are not a bad team. It's not a disgraceful loss, but it was definitely the Devils' worst game of the season. Um, gets left, just terrorized them with a power play goal early in the game. And the Devils were dominating early in the first period, and then the Ducks got a power play and gets left scored. And then from that moment on, it was all Ducks. So they they couldn't score. John Gibson stood on his head. He deserves a lot of credit for the way he played. But the Devils are going to be one of those teams where they – they're really good for, you know, a couple stretches of games, and they make plays like this where the puck literally sits on the goal line and nobody's able to tap it in. That I think I've never seen a team have more opportunities with a puck sitting on a goal line than yesterday against the Ducks. and they It just happened
2: in the third period like, yeah, on a like, power play.
1: It happened at least four times. So that's an encouraging sign to me, though, is annoying as much as makes me want to punch a hole in the wall when I see this play that's a good sign because it's not like they just got destroyed the entire game. Like the ducks didn't play with their food. If you know what I mean, the devils had their chances and that's always a good sign when you have a bad game. Like, did you have a chance to win? And I do believe that was the case. So, you know, we'll see what their record ends up being this season. We're going to go up and down with the devils all season long. They're going to win games. They shouldn't, they're going to lose games. They shouldn't. They're just one of those teams. That's like tough to figure out. I know both of you had them in the playoffs before the season started. I don't, I still think the youth is going to come back to get them in the end. And, you know, next year and beyond, they'll really start taking some steps. But, Frank, do you have any lingering thoughts on the Devils and Bruins before we wrap it up with the third period?
3: Uh, I still wouldn't be surprised if the Devils made the playoffs. Um, Like I say, for a lot of things, it's early. So, I mean, you never know what could come out. The Bruins have looked good. Um, They had that heartbreaking loss against Carolina. And I know Joey was really hoping that – they were would have been able to give uh carolina their first win but the hawks will do it for them tonight.
1: Right. <laughs> hey, yeah. Joe, Joe, Joey just Joey just saw the Joey just saw the Bruins for a significantly better team than the Devils or the Hawks. And he just saw them get absolutely smoked by the Carolina Hurricanes. And he's like, "You know what? I think the Hawks could beat them and get their second win of the season in a month."
2: Um well, I mean the the Bruins like they they had to play the Sabers when they were undefeated, the Sharks when they were undefeated, the Panthers when they were undefeated, and the Hurricanes all in a row. They played four straight undefeated games.
1: Yeah, and if you want to win the Stanley Cup, you have to.
2: Got to win. Teams. Yeah, I know. Um, I just just saying. Uh, there was oh, something oh I want to say about the Devils game. I believe that game because I I I haven't watched many Devils games last or in the past couple weeks or this season yet, but uh, I caught like the whole second half of that game, and from what I saw, maybe you can agree, they they need to be better in every way in terms of special teams. That game was one by the ducks and lost by the devils solely based on special teams. The devils went 0 for five on the power play and the ducks went two for seven. You can't take seven penalties in today's national hockey league and expect not to lose that hockey game. Teams are going to score. They're, they're going to score power play goals. And the ducks did just that. Yup. And
1: Subban's going to have a hearing for slew footing Trevor egress. That That's would the be the first like- time third guy th- he slew foot. It's the third time this season he slew foot somebody, and he's just now getting pegged for it. And I also think it's funny. It's Trevor Zegers' second straight game where somebody is going to be facing supplemental discipline for doing something to him. He was boarded by Cedric Paquette earlier in the week, and Paquette got two games. And now Subban's probably going to get a little something-something for doing this to Zegers. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Frank, are there it's any up. National Hockey League stories – that stick out or something that you're excited about between now and our next show
3: um, or both. I kind of got like a high and a low more than like okay. a story. Cause I, I don't right. really have a ton to say about this, but there are stories that like we talked about and are talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the high is like, how long can the Carolina hurricanes stay undefeated? And the low is how long can the coyotes stay winless? I mean, these are two big stories that I'll
2: give it. I'll give it six hours for the
1: carolina. <laughs> what I, if I, the
3: hawks what
1: if the hawks give carolina their first loss and arizona
3: don't their say, first it. Win? Don't say that, that's, that's possible that's,
2: no next friday
1: arizona's bad they're like bad like the hawks, like the, hawks the hawks are bad montreal's bad seattle's bad the freaking coyotes are
2: bad it's those, it's those jerseys. It's the jerseys. Oh, no, see, I love the jerseys. Oh, you'll never get me to agree. I love Kachina, dude. They're they're sick. I'm in, I'm in that small group that they're cooler when they're not worn every time. Yeah, whatever. They're not. As, it match. makes them not as cool when they're. It's their normal thing. Frank, you got anything
1: left with your your ups and downs? Because I I think that's a great thing to look at, honestly. Because no team goes zero and eighty-two, and no team goes eighty-two and zero. So.
3: So it's just like, where do you go from here? Is Carolina going to finally come back down to earth a little bit and, like, get a couple string of losses here and there? Is Arizona going to string together a few wins? Just something to keep an eye out if you're a hockey fan, you know, just keep a look for it. Yep.
2: Joe, same question to you. Yeah. Um, something that happened recently, um, a guy that we've been huge fans of, you know, our time kind of, made us the hockey fans we are he was a pillar of that uh ryan getzlav captain of the anaheim ducks became the franchise leader in points at 989 and he got his goal on i believe it was a, a goal on an assist from uh i can't i keep getting trevor zegris and troy terry mixed up I believe this was zegris uh ass, it was it. terry troy terry is he a righty um, it was a sick, like the, you'll see on the replay, it was a sick like one-touch redirect pass right to him to kind of spring him there. And after he scores that goal and everyone realizes, hey, you got an assist on it, you're now the franchise leader in points, the whole team comes off the bench and celebrates with him. It's not something you see all the time. You know, you think of players you've seen that happen for. You think of Alex Ovechkin, some of his milestone goals. I believe they did it for Jerome McGinley's milestone goal. Uh, one thousand just-
1: points for Patrick Kane.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I just love when the whole team comes off the bench for a goal that, you know, didn't end the game. Like, you see, that was a go-ahead goal with nine minutes left in the third period. So, and then he gives a salute to the crowd. I'm sure he had some family there. Franchise leader in points will always know the name Ryan Getzlaff. So that was really cool for me.
1: Yeah, Ryan Getzlaff is one of the best players to play in the National Hockey League in the last 20 years. Um, He's a Stanley Cup champion you know, a top line center on a team that just made multiple deep playoff runs. Blackhawk fans will remember the stress that he put on Jonathan Taves in a couple of separate playoff series. Um, I know our guy Don when he was rooting for Detroit as a member of the Western conference, the ducks and red wings had plenty of great battles, you know, all the California teams. Um, he's one of the best players I've ever seen. And that 2003 draft class is probably going to have multiple 900 plus point guys. And next next week or two, when left reaches that one thousand point mark, they'll probably clear the bench again. So, Frank, I don't know how big of a left fan you've been, but great player, no
3: doubt. Absolutely, uh, it's good to see him have success. I love him. Nothing against him. Uh, I have nothing against the Ducks. Um, he'll probably get to a thousand points this year. I got no doubt about that. That'll be another special milestone for him. So uh, I can't wait to be a part of it, and I'm happy I got to watch him for so many years. Uh, I don't know how long he'll play or continue to play, but just grateful to get to see such a great man play hockey.
2: And to no one's surprise, at 988 points, that was Timu Solani, who he passed up. Yep, and we
1: all know how much he means to us. Mm -hmm. Um, My guy. My story is Vancouver Canucks goaltender Thatcher Demko. He is 4-3-1 with a 923 save percentage and a 2.48 goals against average. And he's just been absolutely dynamite so far this season. He's got Vancouver. I didn't have Vancouver with much of a chance to do anything this season. But if he continues to play like this, they'll make noise in the Pacific Division. And he had one sequence <laughs> yesterday against the New York Rangers where he's just diving all over the place. And they could not get this puck past him to save their own life it's one of the greatest single stretches of goaltending in a single game i've ever seen and the rangers with this power play with a couple minutes left in the third with a chance to win it had no chance and then vancouver ended up winning it in overtime and it's all because of this man playing as well as he did in this highlight that you can see on the screen if you're watching if you're listening just check out twitter it's all over the place if you google or if you type in the search bar thatcher demko he has just been outstanding so far this season. He looks like the goalie prospect that the Vancouver Canucks thought he might be when they first selected him. And I can't remember if it was BC or BU. It's one of those Boston colleges that are there. Um, I want to say it's BC and he's just been incredible. And Vancouver found themselves a nice little goalie there. I hope he's able to keep it up because I like it better when the league has multiple really good goalies that, you have to watch so
2: couldn't agree more i didn't know we can put um our pictures on the bottom there during the video (laughs) yeah i actually really like that too
1: yeah
3: that's pretty cool
1: that gets us to our new portion of the show for those who don't know the last couple weeks we have been with the addition of frankie to the pod have been testing out a new segment it's normally been a part of overtime but now Due to the fact that this is an official hockey podcast, but it's also an official Breaking Bad podcast. We love Breaking Bad. We love Walter White. Joey doesn't think he's evil because he's evil himself and doesn't know what that means. Um, We would like to debut for the first time ever the segment Breaking Bets. Welcome to Breaking Bets, where Walter Jr. Parisi and Frank the King Bean load you with their degenerate gambling picks that they like to hand out. They both did very bad last last week. So you can decide whether or not you I hit, want a parlay. To, I hit a parlay. You can decide whether or not you want to fade them or whether or not you want to ride with them. But here we go. Breaking bets. Walter, I'll start with you.
2: All right. First of all, I want to make it clear. I hit my bet last week. I had um told the people I had the Hawks plus, bet wrong. I had the plus one and a half on the Hawks parlayed with the Vegas Golden Knights going into Saint uh, going into St. Louis to win their second straight. That was my parlay. It paid pl- plus three seventeen. So you're welcome. I'll be more specific on what to parlay with what. Um, but tonight. I said the Hawks would uh, would win at home, did I not? I don't like the price. I would I would want something more than plus one twenty eight is what I'm getting it at. But with that being said, I like that plus one and a half again. That might be my new my new uh, Wednesday thing. You take the Hawks plus one and a half, get it minus one ninety, but it's okay because we're gonna parlay that. We're gonna parlay that with the Edmonton Oilers, who are going to win at home against the Nashville Predators. So you got that, and then I'll even go ahead. There's the late game, TNT. If you're not watching TNT, NHL on TNT, it's a great, great broadcast. My favorite
1: television show right now. You got
2: Paul Bissonette paired alongside Wayne Gretzky, hosted by Liam McHugh. Uh, um, Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett is the guy I was thinking of. And then, of course, course Anson Carter. Thank you, Vin. Um, I also like the St. Louis Blues. I love the way that they've been playing. I think that's a great price at minus 148. You can throw that on the parlay if you're not, but don't blame me if it doesn't hit. Uh, I do like the St. Louis Blues going into Los Angeles tonight, minus 148. So there's my picks.
3: What do you got, Frank? Well, you kind of stole a couple of mine. Well, let's see. I agree agree with the Oilers and the Blues. I think they're not – not a ton of value on the Oilers, right? Mm-mm. But I don't see them losing. So it's a great opportunity to par them up with the St. Louis Blues. They're, there's great value on the Blues. And there's no doubt about that. I got the Blues at 141. I mean, that's yeah. for a team with one loss. I mean, I it's a great par situation.
2: All right. So there you go. There you go. I mean when we agree like that. I love that parlay. You got the St. Louis Blues money line, Edmonton Oilers money line. I'm getting it right now plus 145. I'm sure you're getting it around plus 150-ish if you said yours is the minus 141. Yeah. So that's great value right there, those two teams' money line. What else you got?
3: Um, I, I wasn't sure. Since you stole my picks, I want to give them a different hockey pick, that one that we didn't talk about. I wasn't sure if I was going to mention this, right? But, you know, I love Goodville. Oh, no. I love so oh
2: no, he's gonna! I hate when he starts off a good Val.
3: Um, You're going to call me bonkers on this one, which is fine. But it's got to be mentioned. The take for ve- pure veil only, that the possibility that the Columbus Blue Jackets beat the Colorado Avalanche in Colorado. That's the spicy take. Plus 155. I would only do it on pure value. But I wouldn't be shocked if they win because Colorado has been a little slumpy lately. I, I just I wouldn't be justified to take Colorado at home at minus 172. Also, because I like to give – well, I want to talk a little bit about the NBA in these picks too. You got the red hot Bulls. Is there a team in the NBA hotter right now than the Bulls? There might be one, which I'll talk about too. But you're getting the Bulls. At plus 123, the Bulls were plus against the Celtics, and just in that fourth quarter, just obliterate them, beat them by 14.
1: 38 anytime, 9
3: run. Anytime you could get the Bulls at plus value, what are you doing? Passing up on it, what the are you Celtics became, I mean, come on.
1: The Celtics became the first team in the shot clock era of the NBA. To go into the fourth quarter losing by or winning by fourteen, and then lose the game by fourteen.
3: And one more, I got one more.
2: Oh, here we go. We're be we're be millionaires tonight. We're <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I got, this got is one of the rare weeks where VPs chiming in. So go one ahead. more.
3: Talking about if there was another hot team as the Bulls, but the uh, New York Knicks. You're getting them. They're undefeated on the road. You're getting them. I'm not high in the Pacers. Who are the Pacers? Like what? The Pacers are favorite. They're minus one twelve. You can get the Knicks at minus one hundred eight. What are, are you doing? People
1: in Indiana.
3: Are you like? I mean, are the books on glue? Or what's going on? I yeah. I just I We're Vinny. C- Vinny, to him. Vinny talks about seeing red. All I see is value.
1: I see <laughs> so much red.
3: Anyway, that that's my take.
1: Ah, boys, you, you make some good picks. I'm actually gonna lean a little away from either direction you guys went. Frankie's going to be excited to hear this. My Northern Illinois Huskies at six and two are underdogs against the four and four Kent state. Now it is at Kent. So it's basically a pick em because Kent is minus three. So if it were a neutral side, it'd be zero. Every home team gets three in football. But I'm thinking about parlaying that with Western Michigan, who is hosting Central Michigan. And so the Maction is going to be flowing tonight. Everybody loves Maction. Frank, I know you love Maction. I will never forget that game last year. Oh my God, that was great. Uh, I can't wait to watch my NIU Huskies absolutely obliterate Kent. And I'm think I think there's value there with the Maction. Now. I'm not actually going to be able to bet this because I live in Illinois and we have that stupid-ass law where you can't bet on Illinois teams. But if I were able to, I would be parlaying NIU with Western Michigan for some Maction winnings. I love Maction. You could follow me on Twitter at Vinnie Parisi where you'll be reading lots of Maction tweets tonight. Um, Go Huskies. I wish I could bet on you. It's kind of BS. Maybe I'll drive to Indiana real quick, place that bet, and roll right back.
2: I didn't know I forgot. I kind of I think I heard a rumbling about that. I didn't know that was an actual new rule though.
1: No, it's not a yeah, new rule.
3: It's, it's only on college though.
2: Yeah.
1: Like people blame the current governor. Like if you don't like the current governor, whatever. Why am my blurry. He has nothing to do with this. Bet this has been a this has been a thing for years. He's trying to get in focus. <laughs>
3: Frank, Look focus off, bro. I don't Look know what's is. going on. I didn't
2: change Look it. Is. It's because you got so close to the camera. Now it's all he, started,
1: he, he thinks it looks normal. He's been seeing so much red. Now he's just seeing blur. Yeah,
3: I what's am. That? I can't fix it. So. What a
2: debacle this kid is. For the love of salmon sandwiches. Here, here take my glasses. Let me hand them in. <laughs> oh, for the love of salmon sandwiches.
1: So I got the NIU Huskies. Hopefully, people outside of Illinois are able to listen to me because I'm the smartest one. Um, Wait, Joe. In hockey, do
3: that again. In hockey I got uh, put him no. Put them up. them. Oh. Put him, I, I'll grab them for you. i grab him. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> this kid's a clown. All right, we're better now. Joe, you were really bad at that. I said hand him. I see he said
1: put
2: him up. So I was handing him was up. And,
1: and he yeah, grabbed I'm, him from but, up top. No, but then when he took him, you like just kind of nonchalantly like brought him back in your, in your shop. Listen, so, I then go
2: to school to study videography illusions. Okay.
1: Yeah, Frank. Focus, are you are you going to be responsibly betting on some action tonight?
3: I don't, I actually forgot there was action on. So you just brought light to my eyes. So.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's definitely going on one of the TVs tonight. We're gonna to be watching. See, I, hear, I hear the Hawks, hockey.
3: and then my mind just like.
1: No, yeah, I'll be watching Wednesday night hockey, the Hawks, and some action. So that that that's where my night is headed. I hope everybody's able to have a good night, boys. Is there anything left you want to get off your brains before we head on out of here?
2: I'm just saying that triple leg parlay, Hawks plus one and a half, Blues money line, and Oilers money line pays plus two seventy five. So i mean. Good value. I, I like that. I think Hopefully
1: the Hawks, You could add yeah. the NIU Huskies into that.
2: No. I, I don't know. I don't I don't really bet college football. Well, every you time, should. Every time I do, my team... Oh, really quick. 80. Really
1: quick. Frank, Frank, let's have a discussion before we get out of here. Really quick. I'm going to pull it up really quick. The absolute blasphemy that is the college football selection committee in their first oh, week of the really ranking. Give started, eh? I
3: you
1: cannot should... believe... The absolute asinine shit that these people put out there. I mean, are you shitting me? Like, I'm okay, I'm cool with Georgia being one. Georgia's the best team in the country as of right now, in my opinion. Alabama's up to number two. I think Alabama Alabama's probably the best team, but they don't deserve to be ranked two. Like the best team. Do you agree with me on this? The best teams aren't always ranked according no. to their rank. they're ranked on their resume. And sixth, Exactly. Because I don't care. Well, I don't party. care. They I don't care. They I don't care.
3: Stop talking. I don't care.
1: When NIU was when NIU was undefeated for three straight seasons, the highest they got was eleven. It was fucking it's bullshit. Ridiculous. They it's had ridiculous. NIU had three straight seasons of undefeated. They had the third place Heisman Trophy winner in Jordan Lynch. You know, they played in the freaking uh, Orange Bowl against Florida State now they got their doors blown off by Florida State so yeah I hate Cincinnati at six Ohio State at five they're they're, they're back in contention but like to have Michigan State at three and Ohio State at five is crazy Oregon being four what
3: yeah I know it's it's disgusting
1: and and I mean... Michigan M- Michigan only fell to seven and they got Notre Dame at 10 Wake Forest Oklahoma all the way
3: down at eight. Like, what are we doing, college football committee? I'm pissed that even Cincinnati's at six. You have them at two, they win, and they go down to six. I don't care if you – first of all, then don't put them at two. I don't care how many points you beat them by. If you beat them by a small margin when you should have blown them up. I don't care. Then don't put them at two. That depends for me. That depends for me. I don't know. It doesn't for me, though. C- so,
1: Cincinnati, Cincinnati is Cincinnati is six because they like didn't blow out like a one in 60. and
3: that's stupid. Then don't have them at two in the first place. Well, they
1: shouldn't have Group of Five and Power Five in the same uh, division if they're going to do this. That that's my take on the whole thing. If you're not going to respect Cincinnati for what they are, get them uh, get make D one in two separate divisions. Divide D one from the Group of Five and the Power Five, and let teams like NIU in their prime absolutely like or i remember uh what are they called used to deal with this too fresno state dealt with it when Derek carr was there uh unlv has had some really good teams um what's the one with
3: the blue turf uh boise 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 state State. like i'm
1: just so sick
3: of this what's what's the point of having a playoff then if you're not going to put group of fives in contention then why have Why have the school the school should just go like, what? <laughs> like, no, separate
1: the divisions if you're going to disrespect them like that. The let, exam- them have, let them have their own tournament. Like, right. uh, what's the division? Uh, I think uh, the big sky or whatever, like, Illinois State is involved in. Like, they have their own college football player, like yeah. the North Dakota State Bison. They win it every year. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. It's disgusting. You know?
3: I, I'm not a fan of it.
1: I hate it. The committee is a bunch of goofs. Yep. So, you know, one of these teams will lose and maybe it'll look a little more correct by the time the final rankings come out but this first
3: ranking pissed me the fuck off and i hate every second of it it's all right cincinnati will win and they'll be 15th next week when we talk about it so
1: yep absolutely the the more they win the more they drop so screw the committee for boning cincinnati once again i hate the way they disrespect the group of five and the reason you know me i'm a mac guy niu is my team in college football i root for the sec of course i love the sec i go to the sec title game it's my favorite thing to do but outside of that I love the mac and you know Cincinnati's not in the mac but they they represent a larger thing by being mm-hmm. a good uh, remember UCF too UCF mm-hmm. two straight undefeated seasons beat Auburn I believe in a play or a bowl game did they beat Auburn or lose to Auburn and then they lost the next year and it screwed them I I just hate the whole thing <laughs> so everybody around us just seems to love popcorn um, yeah, no, I don't know
4: they're yeah. all just haters.
1: before we get out of here I want to tease that Buffon 55 tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time on the Barroom Network is going to have friend of the program, Jordan DeFigio. She came on our show to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins with us. She's going to be on to preview Bears versus Steelers. Maybe next week we can see if Jordan wants to come on and talk some Blackhawks-Penguins because uh, it'll be the day after they played each other. That would be kind of fun. We had her on last year to talk about when the Devils played the Penguins.
2: Yeah, so, Frankie and I will be at that Penguins game.
1: (laughs) You'll be on the show Wednesday, two o'clock the next day, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, make sure you look out for that. Bears versus Steelers is going to be a highly contentious game. I think it's two awful offenses against two. The Bears' defense didn't play well this last weekend at all. But, uh, you know, the Steelers have a really good defense. If they had any semblance of an offense, they might be a division-winning caliber team. Um so we'll see what happens there. I, I know Jordan knows her Pittsburgh sports as well as anyone. And obviously John Buffone is going to be amazing tomorrow on Crosstown crosstalk with Vinny Parisi and Joey Parisi. We are going to have Chicago reporter for ESPN, Jesse Rogers. I know everybody in town that likes baseball is a big fan of him and his work. If you read an article about the Cubs or the White Sox on ESPN.com, there is a 90% chance that Jesse wrote it. And, I've been a big fan of Jesse for a long time with, you know, my love for ESPN 1000. He's always on all those shows. So make sure you tune in for that tomorrow. Um, Make sure you're following at the King Bean on Twitter. That's Frankie. Make sure you're following at Joey Parisi on Twitter. That's Joey. I'm at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. Make sure you give us all a follow. And for that, thank you for listening.
2: Well, yeah, cooking meth is bad. It doesn't necessarily make you evil.